Hey folks, uh, it's Tom and Terry with another interesting part, uh, an interesting show here with the Metaphysical Mysteries. And today we have Cindy Lapori, who is down in the great state of Mississippi. And she comes to us from an interesting background with, uh, you know, psychic medium. But most importantly, what we're going to talk a lot about today is animal communicator and specifically dealing with, you know, the dolphins, whales kind of folks. Uh, she's a Reiki master. She's got credentials a mile long. Uh, she's written books, and uh, we will we will talk about that. And uh, so she writes for Species Link magazine. Uh, it's contributed to uh, whales and dolphins. Uh, their uh, summit in Hawaii, which I wish I was there. Tom gets to go to Hawaii summits all the time. I'm always shut out of that. So, um, and I've known Cindy since I think we originally met in. I think it was telephonically, but was in 2013. So that's been quite some time ago. And um, she did a reading for me back in that in those days when prior to, I guess, the animal thing coming online. And so, um, Cindy, I just uh, appreciate you being here. And uh, I think we will have a blast. And for those who are animal lovers, uh, this is going to be really cool for them. And I know, Tom, if you want to chime in, I know he was requesting, goes, Terry, you know anybody who's an animal communicator? I said, Oh, hell yeah. I got somebody in mind, which was Cindy. <laughs> so thank you. Me. Thank you so much for having me. It's awesome that Go you ahead, Tom. Cindy, uh, you know, I've been looking for this for a long time because so many people ask about, you know, their pets primarily. And obviously this is a step off of that, but it, it'll get people some insights into because you always hear what happened to my animal when they pass so what are they thinking when they're home alone and those kind of questions so i think this would be a great way to at least start to begin to bridge that gap of knowledge and uh, so i'm really looking forward to yeah. bringing what you bring to the table out to the group thank you thank you most of the animal communications that i do with people is people that are concerned about the health of their, and if they're getting the right food and um, if they're happy with their lives. And um, that's actually the most popular questions. And um, fortunately I can see what happens with them on the other side. So I've got kind of double the skills on helping people to be at peace with what happens with their animals. And, you know, many times the animals actually come back to the owners again and again. So people call me and ask me, well, is this little puppy so-and-so-and-so-and-so? And it's like, yes or no. And I can give them that information. And it, uh, it's so funny because the characteristics of the, their pet usually come through to give them verification. Hmm. You know, that's interesting. I, I was at a, uh, well, I think it was some kind of a fair thing. And uh, this lady was showing me about tuning forks, which I already knew about them, but I, what, what I noticed was her black lab was running behind her. He was deceased, or she was, uh, and it was running behind her. And I said, you, you got a black lab or at least had one? She goes, oh, yeah. And I said, does it look like this, this, and this? She goes, yeah. I said, well, it's running right there behind you. And uh, she was like, oh, my God. She started crying, actually, because, you know, she was always so worried about the pup. And I said, well, she's right there with you. So she's just hanging out. And all she says, just want to make sure you're okay. And uh, that's basically a pretty simple communicative skill and so forth. And I guess uh, I would ask the question uh, that those, the, uh, I'll call it integration, uh, you know, 
between humans and their pets. Uh, do you think there's a particular reason in your, from your skill set that they interplay with each other like that all the time? Um, I'm not sure what you mean with interplay. Um, if you're asking well, if our together. pets are guides, uh, absolutely. Many of our pets follow us just like our relatives do. On a soul level, um, our bodies are not who we are. So that goes along with our pets too. Exactly. I guess when I mean interplay, I'm just talking about, um, you know, as you kind of alluded to, them coming back again and again to weave into our different lives as, as we go through that cycle. Why do you think it is that certain pets, or they're not really pets, but, you know, those kind of souls, uh, or maybe you've got another name for what they, energy they have, why do they come back to the same person or family over and over? Any, any thoughts on that? I do. Um, I think that we have a group of souls that we are agreed to play with on this planet. And some of them are animals and some of them are humans and some of them are dolphins and some of them are birds. And you never know because they come in all different forms, but our forms are illusions. And we come to experience what we're experiencing and learn what we're learning on this planet. So um, it stands to reason that we would have groups of souls that would agree to have wonderful experiences or not so wonderful on this planet. But a lot of our pets, because we love them so much, uh, agree to come back as our guides and our protectors. And um, so that's, that's my theory on it. I see. Now, have you had the opportunity to have any science uh, applied to what you're doing in the dolphin research or whales or whatever the case may be um, by, you know, the third party, typically critics um, in that in that respect? There, um, one of the people that was in our dolphin summit group is an actual scientist. They run um, a lot of the dolphin um, aquariums, which I don't approve of, but they do. And they do a lot of research on communication and they are working on scientifically proving um, the things that we're saying about the communication between dolphin and humans and the interactions between dolphins, whales and humans. Um, there is scientific research being done on this so I was excited to know about that. And one of the things that I've experienced, I lived on a sailboat for four years with the dolphins. I didn't know I could talk to them. My um, Chihuahua, Abigail, actually taught me how to talk with the dolphins. And it was a really cool story, if you want to hear it, uh, about yeah. uh, she hears them first because, you know, Chihuahuas have sonic ears and she starts hollering for me to come down and get her so we can go play with the dolphins. And I go to the front and there's dolphins everywhere. And um, I look at Abigail and she goes, where are their babies? And I went, I don't know. And I realized at that moment I couldn't see any. So I, as a joke, I turned around and I looked at the dolphins, leaned over the front of the sailboat and said, where are y'all's babies? And they all disappeared. And I was like, 
Gee, Abigail, you made them all disappear. Well, two minutes later, here they come. A whole super pod with babies and aunts and uncles. And and the babies are turning and looking at us. And, of course, you know, interspecies communication. I've got Abigail, me, and the dolphins there. And it was so obvious that they were really... Are you okay, Bella? Okay. Your foot went to sleep. Um, sorry about that. That it was a, a beautiful human interact. And it took me like four or five days to go, oh my God, what just happened? And at that point, I realized, number one, I could call up the dolphins. Number two, Abigail was helping me. And, and that it just opened up a whole world. And since then, you know, I'm all about the dolphins and I've written books about the dolphins and I've rescued the dolphins and been a dolphin guide. And um, I teach uh, dolphin skills to humans, which I'm hoping will make us better humans. So, um, you know, it's just been a whole world that's opened up just from this one little incident on a sailboat that was amazing. Cool. What, uh, what are we to learn from dolphins and this and the like? Well, there's a lot of things we can learn from dolphins. We can learn to stand in our power, to have very clear and objective boundaries, which enables our safety, how to join heart to heart and yet still maintain our boundaries so that we're safe. Um, we can learn how to join together in ways that humans are really scared to do for the most part. And um, we can learn to communicate from the heart. And since dolphins are masters of sound and vibration, I'm gonna adjust the camera just a little bit here. Um, we can learn how to work with these things to improve our lives. When we care about each other, we care about the planet. When we care about the planet, we care about the ocean. So the dolphin, uh, plan to save the humans is actually kind of self-serving on their part. Tom? Interesting. Um, I've always heard about the intelligence of dolphins, particularly, you know, work done by the military years ago. Um, from your experience, what would you suggest their intellectual levels are? How would you explain that to the audience? They leave us in the dust. <laughs> they, they are so much more intelligent and community oriented and far seeing and, and mastering sound and vibration. And um, I've had several experiences where they actually took me to a different dimension. Uh, so we're only scratching the surface of what the dolphins, who the dolphins actually are who we are and who our little four-leggeds are. We don't have a clue. We just think we know. So when you get these communications cool. from the dolphins, how do you receive that? What does it sound like to you as you hear that? Well, one of the things that I've experienced personally, and I didn't get verification on this until I did the Sertation Summit, which we're fixing to do another Sertation Summit uh, via zoom and the internet um but the first one was in person roberta goodman 
actually played an audio. Whenever I come to shore, whenever I even get close to shore, dolphins come up everywhere. And there was this certain sound that they made. And it was like, well, dang, that sounds like my name. And, um, but I blew it off. I do have a very scientific RN background. And I just blew it off as, you know, this is my imagination. Roberta actually slowed a video down of them calling her by name, verbally. So, and when one dolphin knows you, they all know you all the way across the world. I started working with dolphins when I was a scuba diving instructor in Hawaii when I was 30. You know, it's, it's just extensive, and, but I had no idea who they really were at the time. So, um, again, back to the, the scientists are going to um, be able to prove what we're saying because the intelligence of them is just amazing. I think I got off your question. What was your question again? No, I think you got it. How do you receive the information? What does it sound like when you're getting um, these impressions from the... the Some of it's verbal. Yeah. Okay. Some of it's verbal. Some of it is pictures. Some of it, it when I'm like, okay, after I was rescuing dolphins for the, the Gulf oil spill and my video went worldwide on Fox news of dolphins swimming in oil to bring attention to what we were going through down there. Um, I got sick. And I came home and you don't have to be in the ocean or in the physical presence of a dolphin to talk to the dolphins. And so I had laid down and gone into meditation and I was working with my body, trying to get it back together again. And all of a sudden the dolphins came to me, took me out of body to a cliff, read me my entire book, Bubbles and Billy Samwalker, and showed me all the illustrations and I got up from that meditation like a half an hour later, which is about how long it takes to read the book and wrote the first one third of it. Hmm. You never know how they're going to speak to you. They speak to you in symbols. You can be going down the road and all of a sudden you see a dolphin on a truck in a picture. Um, they communicate with us in any way that they can. It's just up to us to listen and understand that, okay, they're trying to contact me. They'll contact you through dreams. So there's not just one way that they can speak with us. Even our, our dogs, our pets, um, I think we're the pets, but all of them, it's, not that they're not talking it's that we're not listening and paying attention so our job is to start listening and paying attention birds usually send me pictures through my through my mind when they're trying to communicate something it's just all different kinds of ways let me uh ask this question you have done obviously human psychic mediumship uh, and obviously communicating with the animals, particularly dolphins. Can you tell the difference in the level of communication between the two? Oh man, that's a good 
good question because I've never really thought about that. Um, I would say no. I never know how the information is going to come in, even when I'm doing a reading for someone. Um, I don't really talk to people. I prefer not to talk to people on the other side that have just passed. Uh, I prefer to talk to the higher guides and masters and get and activate people's highest potentials and give them the information that's going to take them to the next levels. Um, every once in a while, someone's relative does come through. Or as I'm looking, a lot of people want to know who their guides and masters are. So I, it's like they show it to me on a television screen. And then I interpret that and tell them who I'm seeing, what the meaning is. And then their guides will start communicating with me directly. And after that, I don't remember anything because it's, um, it's a conversation that's really none of my business. And um, so it's really hard for me to tell during those moments when I'm channeling um, any difference in between species or the angels or the people on the other side. Um, I would say there's not much difference. It's all communication on a soul level, I guess. Okay. Have you noticed uh, if maybe you have a, the opportunity, a, a difference uh, when you're talking to dolphins as opposed to something like a, an orca uh, as an example or, or a blue whale or, and, you know, I don't know how much you get a chance to interact with those. I ask who they are. Yeah. I always ask them who they are and mm -hmm. different species have different vibrations. They have a different feel to them. Like when I'm talking to the humpback whales, they are huge energy. I mean, you can, I can feel the energy for a city block. And, and um, the dolphins usually come in as light and playful and, and joyful. And um, the orcas come in as more of a hybrid between the two energies. And, when I'm communicating with cats, they come in as very arrogant, usually. Um, if that makes any sense. And dogs usually just come in as pure love, just unadulterated, big heart love. Yeah, that sounds about right. I you know, I, I happen to have a cat in the house these days. Uh, I've had dogs, of course. But as people say, you know, cats, cats don't have masters, cats have staff. Indeed, indeed, <laughs> they're, they're, I don't really, I hate to say this, but I really don't like communicating with cats that much. They're, they're very, um, they have their own way and I love them, but, um, they're kind of difficult to communicate with of all the species, which is really funny. They're much more, um, I don't know, egoic, maybe. I would think they were much more like humans. They, that's why we use the term 
trying to herd cats very much like trying to herd humans. They have their own self and they're going to go that way. And they have their, they're very opinionated. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Tom, you have something? Yeah. So in all the years of doing this, have you ever received a message that maybe wasn't so much personal, but more of a universal message, anything that stands out for you? I constantly receive messages on how to teach people how to be better humans, what needs to be done vibrationally with the planet. Um, I'm in communication with the Cryon group, uh, the Melchizedek, and a being that we call the Kosin who is actually in charge of all the frequencies and vibrations of the planet. Most of the material that I receive in that respect, I'm very slow to actually put it out. Um, because number one, I don't want to be laughed off the planet. And number two, it's so futuristic that I take that material, I change it in a way that it can be understood by, by people and can be taught uh, in a way that people can understand it. Because you can't, you can communicate all you want to. If people don't understand it, it doesn't count. And I want to be in service to the people and the animals of this planet. Um, I don't really care about looking that intellectual. I do care about people being able to learn the material. A lot of Cryon's material um, didn't, didn't even make sense for 20 years. So, yes, I do receive communication about the planet, about what's going on on a daily basis that affects everybody's lives. And, but I, I take that material as much as I appreciate that and make sure that it's something that I can teach people to make their lives better now, not 20 years from now, because we need the help now. And by the exactly. way, on the other and side, everything is now. It may be applicable a hundred years from now, but when you're looking on the other side, there's no time. So everything is now and you have to be a, a bit discerning to know what's gonna be applicable and help people now, if that makes any sense on this side. Right. I wanna, for those people who are listening uh, and they're not into what I would call the woo woo world, um, you mentioned, you know, the Cryons and uh, Melchizedek group. Um, for, I guess the best I can explain it to folks is they're like a group consciousness that has communicative abilities with those that are tuned in. That's the, that's the theory in the woo-woo world. <clears throat> so for those that are not tuned into that, they don't believe it and all that sort of thing, that's fine. I mean, it's, it's some people could call that, you know, angelic information. I mean, it's interpreted a lot of different ways. For, so for the viewer, I wouldn't get too hung up on the names. It's more the communication and is it solid information, is it things that's going to be helpful to humanity or to the individual uh, as a whole. And so for as, you know, because 
clearly Cindy's been doing this for, you know, decades. And so we all pick up a set of languages depending on the industry we're in. And that's part of it. So for the listeners, that's kind of what she's talking about. And correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong there. You're absolutely correct. And I mean, you know, you can call them purple crayons as long as the wisdom is good and it improves humanity and it's positive for the planet. I'm, I'm not attached to names. They certainly aren't. It's the way of us giving definition to the wisdom that we're receiving. Exactly. Well, yeah. And so let's go to a couple of things here. Um, if we are to be better humans, um, what steps are they telling us to perform to be better humans? I know it's usually generalities, but have there been any specifics that have been passed along that, you know, we need to, we need to know? Well, for one thing, fearful humans are dangerous humans. That's the first thing they tell us. And um, the way that you create a better human is to allow people to be safe because when you're safe, then you have emotionally, physically, mentally, and spiritually safe. Then you have the ability to connect with other people, things, beings um, in a different way than you would connect with them if you were afraid. Um, so what they've given me is a series of exercises to allow people to learn to work with the frequencies and vibrations, to learn to be safe wherever they're at. And, you know, this is a very fearful world and the television doesn't help that at all. That means 90% fear sales, you know, I, I don't know how to put it any other way, but it hurts us. It hurts us on every level. And, we need to be able to connect to other people in a way that's safe, that can allow our hearts to join together in a safe way and make sure that when we start, when we come together, we are powerful. We can change the whole world when we come together. And when we do it in a safe and emotionally mature way, um, but that's not going to happen if we're sitting in a corner shaking because we're so scared of everything going on. Um, the bubble exercise. Let's, let's just talk about that. The bubble exercise does a lot of things. It creates a safe space for the person that's using it. It also creates a safe space for the person that you're interacting with. Um, and the state of Mississippi actually used my bubble exercise in order to, to teach children how to keep themselves safe from sexual predators. I mean, nobody can come in my bubble unless I allow it. And from that powerful space, I mean, you can really, I very seldom ever have any negative conversations with anyone because even when someone else in front of me is being negative I can go into observation mode send them lots of love all the love they can handle um, and just 
not allow myself to be drawn into the drama. That gives them safe space to express what they need to express. I'm fine because, okay, that's where you're at right now. It's very unconditional space to be in. And it really helps with human interactions. And dolphins live in that space all the time. They're my heroes. Absolutely. Now, you get an opportunity to be on Coast to Coast Radio for those listeners that are out there that probably listen to Coast to Coast as well. Very uh, famous show that's out there usually in the evening time. And uh, so George had some questions for you, or is that who your, your host was? And you want to tell us how that went? Cheryl was my host. And it went phenomenally oh, well. Sure, okay. We had an absolute blast. And um, it was one of the most fun things I've ever done. It was like amazing. And so many people um, got to hear it, got to understand about animals a little bit more, got to learn about Fate Magazine and Species Life Magazine. And it put tools in their toolbox. Um, I'm so grateful for that opportunity and this one to get the message of out that is going to really help people. Um, it's not about me. It's not about me at all. It's about being in service to other people and helping them make the world a better place. And using these venues, the books, the podcasts, the internet. I'm so grateful for all of those tools so that for the people who are ready, um, we can spread these tools out and, and we can, oh, by the way, I've got a video that's um, on YouTube that completely describes how to do the bubble exercise and it's free. So that's just one of my gifts to every single person that, that gets to hear me or you know, whether you think that you can take me seriously or not, go and look at the bubble exercise because you might get something out of it. Absolutely. I think interesting enough that the viewers may or may not know, but uh, all three of us here on this particular podcast are all scuba instructors uh, and have been for decades. <laughs> and I think, and I, th yes. I think that, uh, I think that we have a different perspective on the underwater world and the animals that are mm -hmm. within that world. And uh, it gives you a, a closeness to that environment that you wouldn't otherwise get. We Most people consider the oceans or any waters for that matter as foreign and, and hostile to them. I mean, yes, there are hostile people in the world, but there are also are quasi hostile uh, animals uh, in the world, but they're just living their lives, doing their thing, and we, we're in their space. Mm -hmm. So um, from, a, from a, a scuba instructor perspective, I would encourage everybody to get the opportunity if they're healthy enough to uh, experience you know, a diving exploration that at the very least something simple. And if you get interested, you know, to get certified and, and move on from there. And there's so many different things you could do, mostly having fun, you know. But uh, I don't know if you guys, Tom, you got anything to chime in on that? Yeah, I mean, the first time you go underwater, it's weird for your brain to understand that you're breathing and you're underwater. But once you get past that, I've always found it's one of the most relaxing places to be if you just let yourself go and just observe and be present in the moment. You know, they talk about mindfulness and all these um, trainings around mental health. 
it's probably one of the best mindfulness exercises I've ever seen is to just jump on the water with your tank and just relax. The first yeah. time I ever I went scuba diving, yeah. the dolphins came in. And I never wanted to be on land again. The beauty is breathtaking down there. It's, you can't even describe how beautiful it is. And it changes your perspective on the planet. Yeah, one of the things I'm a little concerned about is with the new technology that's available to divers, these kids are going down with iPads and cell phones and I mean, uh, you know, listening to all kinds of music in their head, but they're not doing the mindfulness stuff because it is a very meditative thing to do just to not be bothered by humanity for a while, for an hour while you're underwater. And they're adding all these gadgets that they're bringing from the surface and it's not helping in my opinion, but then I guess I'm a dinosaur as it relates to scuba instruction and, and what it's all about. Cause I really think you need to have your head in the game uh, and for safety purposes. And then also it's extremely, uh, you know, meditative and relaxing. I don't know if you have anything on that, Cindy, or not. I didn't even know that information. I haven't been teaching scuba diving for a while. And I think if the kids can go down and they can video record and um, transmute and, and transform the way everybody looks at under the ocean on a massive basis using technology, um, I don't see how that's a bad thing. Um, yeah, they're not getting as much out of it as far as meditation and all of that, but maybe their jobs are messengers. I don't think they're going down there and listening to rock and roll. I think they're going down there and making Instagrams. That's my, opi my opinion. I don't know. I, I've, I've seen it both ways, that's for sure. Um, I've seen some that, you know, they're going down with whatever music is, uh, you know, for them at the time. Yeah, I think if they're sharing that, like we used to share photographs after we would mm -hmm. go down and do stills, mm -hmm. that's, that's one thing. Uh, but for the individual, uh, I think it's a real meditative thing. And uh, I know Tom and I coming from law enforcement, when we, and we die for, you know, police departments and so forth. And so you can, you've got to stay focused on what you're doing because you're usually processing a crime scene or something to that nature, looking for a deceased individual or, or evidence, whatever the case may be. And it really does focus your mind and, and you know, you don't even have to have your eyes open because we're diving in completely black water. So there's really nothing to see or do other than focus your mind. And it I've done gives you, yeah, gives you the opportunity to, to really be honed in from an individual point of view, at least, and give you some peace. Uh, out in the ocean where you've got 300 foot vis and some of the pretty areas then you know taking taking video and stuff yeah i mean that's that's great but uh, yeah they're they're putting uh you know stuff in their ears to listen to rock and roll and whatever they want you know whatever there's genre is uh i don't know i personally think it kind of takes away from the experience but the videotaping and trying to share that that's fine i don't have any issues with that whatsoever but uh try to encourage more people to get out there and do it so Tom, I don't know if you didn't comment on any of that. No, I, I agree. I think um, technology is good. You're right. As far as being the messenger, I think there is a place for that. 
but hopefully the people remind themselves to take the time for themselves as well and have that experience also. Because I think exactly. it's a benefit to both. Absolutely. And you talked about coming earlier so, from a very scientific background. Do you want to share with the audience what that is at all? Just so they know sure. you're from. I, um, yeah, I, I actually graduated USM as a bachelor of science in nursing. And I was a trauma nurse. I was a um, high tech um, ER nurse. I, when I was on the sailboat, I was usually the only nurse. And um, so I got that Bachelor of Science degree and a part of my brain is very scientific. Um, one of the things that I do during my readings is that I ask the guides to show people after the reading, verify the information that I'm giving them because I think verification you know, you can know all the woo-woo stuff in the whole world, but until you can bring it into the physical, until you can use the tools, until you have scientific verification, both of those things, it's a balance that's very important. Nobody wants to go into the woo-woo world and never be able to function physically again. No, these are tools that enable us to have peace, greater health, greater happiness, um, and I want the work that I do to be scientifically verifiable. That's important to me. So do you remember the first time you actually received a message from an animal and how did you reconcile that with your scientific brain? Okay. Um, I was very confused for a while. I fully admit it. I was mind boggled for a while. Um, but then I started getting let me give you an example um tara a little chihuahua that i did a reading for and she was all upset hadn't eaten for three days just was beside herself and her owner didn't know why and i said well the problem is tara's favorite um red ball is underneath the chair and she can't get it and it's really upsetting her and so they hung up you know, the lady laughed at me. She said, well, that can't be it. And sure enough, after we hung up the phone, they moved the chair. There was Tara's ball. She was fine from that moment forward. Uh, a lot of the animal, the sick animals that I have, um, yes, I'm a medical intuitive because of my nursing background. I definitely have people go to the doctor and get the test in order to verify what I'm seeing. It definitely is verified by the scientific community. There's a balance we walk on this earth. We are physical beings. And so that's just a few examples of some of the scientific verification that I think is really important. Um, when I was working with Sierra Goodman down in Costa Rica and as a dolphin and whale guide, we used our intuition to find the dolphin pods. And then when we, we found the dolphin pods, we actually had a whole um, 
scientific protocol that we used in order to create the data for the scientists that they could use in order to create a marine life park. I mean, marriage of metaphysics and science, how, how much better does it get than that? Absolutely, absolutely. Is there, um, while you're there, and uh, I don't know if you can connect anything that um, might be helpful for uh, Tom or I, or both of us uh, related to this um, the podcast and what you know we could do to help, or if there's any messages out there, that we need to be aware of, um, you know, uh, that would be interesting if it's possible. I have a lot of tools on my website. Can I tell them my website? Absolutely. Okay, www.dolphin, D-O-L-P-H-I-N, hugs, H-U-G-S, number four, letter U, number two, dot net. Um, you can find a lot of information on there. Uh, also, how to get in touch with me and how to, how to get one of my readings or whatever uh, you might find useful there. There's also a link to the, the bubble exercise. I think the advice that I would give for people um, with the children, when they're questioning and they want to know about the dolphins and I highly recommend my book, Bubbles and, and Billy Sandwalker by me, or if you're an adult, Dolphins and Whales Forever, which is an international bestseller. That's a compilation of the top 20 people in the world that have worked with dolphins and dolphins communications. Um, be aware of what you're doing, please. Let's look at the planet. Let's help the planet. Um, be kind, not only to each other, but also to, because a lot of us are really having a hard time right now and kindness and compassion is so important towards ourselves, towards each other and towards the planet. Um, if you see an animal that is trying to get your attention, stop and listen. It's not that they're not communicating, they're communicating. We just don't take the time to listen and follow your highest guides. I'm gonna be um, asking to activate the highest potential, not only for your show, but for every, every person that listens to this and to bring them joy, love, light, abundance, safety, and um, compassion. I think we all need that and I'm going to ask the dolphins and all the guides and higher angels to please bring that to every single person that listens to this podcast so that's my gift to you fantastic well very good we're going to wrap this thing up here uh Tom you got some closing remarks I think I have one final question and speaking for the audience because this was a question I had and it goes back to something you said earlier about how a lot of times the animals are our spirit guides and they kind of follow us in different incarnations, so to speak. Um, I know I had a dog recently passed that one time I called her by the prior dog's name who I had an attachment with and her head spun around. You know, she instantly responded to the earlier name. 
for the audience, how would you explain how these animals, when they incarnate, find you? I don't know. Okay. They do, though. <laughs> I, I don't have an answer to that question. Um, I do have a bit of a theory, and that is that light vibrations attract each other. Um, on the other side, there's no time, there's no space. They just find us. And um, like attracts like. So that's my very simple theory. I don't know everything. I don't even pretend to. I learn stuff every single day. Some of it absolutely astonishes me. But just, you know, keep an open mind, be open to the question. As soon as we're open to the question, we start learning. No, that's that's perfect, because um, I don't know if there is a clear answer for it, but it happens. So just wanted to have your opinion on it since you work with the animals and see what your insights might be. So thank you. Well, that that's the best I can do, sweetie. That works. Terry. OK, fantastic. Um, yeah, I you know, I, I've had my own animal communication experiences and uh, when you first get them, they're they're pretty uh, pretty interesting. You're you're sitting there scratching your head, going, "Is this real?" But I had a horse and a cat communicate to me at the same time from I don't know some 250 miles away, and they were I, and I described the horse, I described the cat to a uh, a friend, and I said, uh, "Do you know this horse and cat?" And she said, "Yeah, that's my friend so and so." And I said, "The horse has this concern about your friend, and the cat has this concern about your friend." And she goes, those are absolutely dead on accurate. They are, and, and she goes, I know where that's at. I know where they both reside, meaning the cat and the horse. And those concerns are 100% valid for this third party. And, uh, you know, it's stunning when you take the risk, I'll call it that, of opening up and saying, this is what I got. Is that verifiable? And they come back and say, yes, it is. And so... For the folks out there that say you can't communicate with an animal, why can't you? I mean, it's all God's making and, uh, you know, we are one kind of concept. So, yeah, absolutely. I think we can communicate. We just don't know how. We're not listening. We're not being uh, as proactive about that as what we could be. And do I think that they find each other? I think it's very vibratory. I think it's like, um, and I've, Tom and I have talked about this before, but I think it's like two pebbles going in that pond eventually. Uh, they feel each other almost like a radar or sonar, as the case may be, and they can get closer and then they'll eventually sync up vibration and they're going to get in a position um, from before they ever incarnate that they are close to you physically and have that highest possible opportunity of, mm -hmm. of you know, interplay with you again in another incarnation. That's my belief. And so it's very similar to what you you said and, uh, and has been for some time. Because, uh, you know, we do send out sonar radar waves of sorts from a consciousness point of view. And I think that's pretty interesting stuff. Uh, we need a lot more science to better understand it. But uh, the things that you're doing and participating in yeah. uh, certainly add to that. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I'll let you close out here, Cindy. And uh, any final uh, thoughts? First of all, thank you so much for allowing me to get this message out and the, the message from the animals and the dolphins and the whales. And um, I'm so grateful to be in service to all of them. It's been an amazing life. 
it still is an amazing life and continuing on, uh, quite miraculous. Uh, I think as a closing remark, I would like to tell every single person, um, go see the bubble exercise. See if that's a useful tool to put in your toolbox. Um, look around, be aware, pay attention. Um, we're all so distracted. It's just mind boggling how distracted we are. But if we stop and we get in nature, go under the ocean, go in the woods, go for a hike, be with yourself. It's amazing what you will understand and experience and how rich your life really will be. Um, I just take the attitude of gratitude um, in everything that I do. And astonishment, absolute astonishment at the things that, and the synchronicities and the miracles that I get to witness every day. Your program is one of them. Who knew um, all those years ago that we would be sitting right here having a conversation like this and helping humanity? What a life. Yeah. Amazing stuff. Well, you know, for Tom and I and everybody here at the Metaphysical Mysteries, Cindy, we really want to thank you for coming on. And for those uh, viewers who reached out and said, hey, we want an animal communicator. Well, I think you got one of the best here. And they, we have the website will be put up. Uh, you know, on all your information for your website will be put on ours. It'll all be linked together. Um, the YouTube will be on there. We'll get everything out. The books will be out there so people can really uh, totally, uh, you know, invest themselves in what you've been doing. Uh, should that be their, their line? And I think it's really fascinating at the very least. All data should be taken in and evaluated and looked at. And so I really appreciate you taking the time and, and coming on board. So uh, to, the, to the viewers and the listeners out there, uh, again, thanks for listening. And we'll be back again with another fascinating guest for the most interesting part of your day here at the Metaphysical Mysteries. Talk to you all later.